your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to another version of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. So said that way fast. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Did get a middle of the day text. Change the stupid recording about the stupid blue baby that keeps repeating. I don't think anyone cares. Uh, man, bring up the blue baby and people are mad. Hey, Rick, it's 11.55 on a Wednesday during the John Hopkins commercial. Okay, that's good. Middle of the day text. People updating me on some uh, some technical difficulties, I think, maybe. I appreciate it, though. I did tell you to email me, though, because those middle of the day texts sometimes will get lost. Uh, having on Jay Heck with the uh, Common Cause Wisconsin. I was going to say Wisconsin Common Cause, but it's called Common Cause Wisconsin. He's the executive director there. He's going to join me in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about the ever-exciting process of drawing maps in Wisconsin. But there is some news here that just happened. I think it happened today, and, and Jay will kind of break it down for us a little bit where we have like dueling map making processes, maybe even more than two. If it's a duel, right, that would be just pitted two against the, it might be a, a more than that where we have uh, Governor Evers, uh, People's Map Commission drawing maps, and then we have Republicans drawing maps, and and then maybe we just have random people drawing maps. I think there's a couple of websites where you just get to go and draw the voting maps in Wisconsin. So, but Jay Heck is a, a nonpartisan, uh, you know, w- w- common cause Wisconsin, a, a nonpartisan ordeal. And I do want to get into, so he's been doing this for 26 years. So a quarter century, right? And uh, this has been an issue on one side or the other, if you want to talk about partisan lines, uh, the last 10 years. So, you know, uh, if I would have been doing this show a decade ago, instead of reporting on sports, um, the conversation with Jay would, would have been a little bit of the opposite, what we're, what we're having today. So when, when we talk about Common Cause Wisconsin and, and they, them being nonpartisan, they still have to take, they still have to bring up <laughs> the, the, the divide in our, the divide that keeps growing in our country, right? But in our state, it's one of the worst in the country. And at this point, the, the maps are rigged to the right here in Wisconsin. The Republicans are rigging the maps. They're trying to do so again. And we could talk about how that process was a lot different a decade ago, or the conversation anyway. And, and then if you just go south of here in Illinois, it's completely the opposite. The Democrats are rigging the maps for Illinois. They're, and, and Jay has some information on that. And, and the Democrats are, are doing it worse in Illinois. Um, this isn't a... This isn't an attack on Republicans in, in what's going on here. It's an attack on power. And whoever has the power is trying to retain power. And Texas, the, they just rigged the maps for Republicans in Texas, if you can believe it. In Maryland, they're rigging the maps for Democrats. In Illinois, for Democrats. Um, and then there's, Jay said, he told me earlier today that there's just five states and Iowa, Iowa is one of these five states that just takes or tries to take the politics out of drawing the political lines, which is kind of an it sounds like an oxymoron a little bit. But uh, Iowa has a model that is a nonpartisan 
a group draws the lines, and Jake can kind of explain this. But for the first time in 40 years, Iowa's Republicans are trying to blow that process up as well. So we can, a lot to talk about. So I'm going to get out of here early to let Brad do the news so I can bring Jay on because I think there's just so much here to, to break down. Um, and it's, it's might not be the most interesting. And it's, it's interesting. It might not be like the most fiery of conversations, but it might be the most important as we, you know, as our, our, our voting, our ability to be represented by who we vote for is on the line. All right, I got to take, uh, yeah, like I said, going to let Brad do the news. We'll be back with Jay Heck, the executive director of Common Cause Wisconsin. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Jay Heck with, with uh, Common Cause Wisconsin. He's the executive director there, or the czar. He likes to call himself the czar. He's been doing this 26 years. The uh, I guess when I say doing this, Jay, I don't. Can you tell tell me what it is you're doing uh, when it comes to? I guess is it just is it just? Are you are you fully entrenched in map making? Is that your whole job? No, no. In fact, uh, Rick. First of all, great to be with you. And goodness, you couldn't have picked a more uh, a more relevant time to be talking about the thing we're going to be talking about today because of uh, the breaking news uh, today all over. But. Uh, yeah, Common Cause is a nonpartisan organization. It was founded in 1970, and uh, we look at uh, we look at, at government and politics and, and and trying to have some accountability and honesty uh, from both political parties. We don't endorse party uh, political candidates of either party. Uh, when Democrats do the wrong thing, we call them out on it. Republicans, we try to call them out on it too. And uh, so it's just all a matter, usually, of going after the party that's in empowered any given time and uh so that's usually where <laughs> where most of the criticism falls but no we're nonpartisan uh we don't take sides and uh, you know there's a lot to talk about and faults on on and on both in both political parties yeah and is that, is it hard to to do that at times because when you say you're nonpartisan and it I would say it skews. I would say it probably skews for the last decade a little bit Republican when you got to take take on uh, when you're taking on these fights. Uh, the probably a majority of this stuff that you have to call out it would be on the Republican side, or am I wrong? Well, in Wisconsin, you know, it's still uh, one of the most evenly divided politically of any state in the country, and all you have to do is just look at the at four of the last six presidential elections, and they're amongst the closest in the country. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the legislature, uh, again, fairly evenly divided, although Republicans, because of partisan gerrymandering, have held control of the legislature for years and uh, certainly have a majority of the congressional seats. But but as the 2018 uh, statewide election shows, uh, going back and forth, uh, you know, uh, Scott Walker was defeated after eight years by a, by a Democrat, and 2022 is going to be another close year. So it's pretty evenly divided. And uh, it's often the case where the party in power uh, becomes a little arrogant and decides that they can try to play by the rules that will, ad, you know, advantage them and, and, and often tries to pass laws that uh, advantage them and disadvantage their, uh, their opponents. Uh, some people call that, you know, partisan politics. But, you know, ultimately what I care about is, is how voters uh, get, to, get to play in all of this. And uh, if you don't have choices at election time, because all the elections are already decided by the way voting maps are drawn, then 
that's not good for democracy. Voters don't have a voice. It's already decided. So we're concerned about things like that. We're also concerned about things like uh, voting rights. We think there should be more opportunities for people to vote, uh, not less. Uh, and uh, believe me, uh, the position of Common Cause hasn't changed over the last 50 years. Uh, the position of the political parties sometimes shifts on these issues, but uh, we've been we've been consistent all, all throughout that time. Yeah, if we have this conversation a decade ago, we might be going after Democrats a little bit. Well, uh, if you in 2010, and that's a great example. In 2010, the Democrats held both houses of the Wisconsin legislature. They were in control. There was a Democratic governor, Jim Doyle. And the 2011 redistricting process was just ahead. Uh, Democrats didn't do anything to reform the, uh, the process. Uh, but in part, that's because uh, in, 2011, in 2010, we didn't, have, we didn't have gerrymandered maps like we have now. Uh, the 2010 elections were conducted with uh, state legislative and congressional maps that were very competitive. And that was because in 2001, when the previous redistricting had been done, uh, we had split government in Wisconsin. And so there was a compromise when it came to drawing state legislative and state uh, congressional maps. And so not one side had a tremendous advantage over the other. And, and that, by the way, is why Republicans gained control of the Wisconsin legislature in 2010, because those elections, those uh, voting maps were not gerrymandered. And so they had an opportunity to win based on the fact that they presented more compelling arguments on issues that mattered to people. That would not be possible under the current maps that the Republicans drew in 2011, even if, uh, even if Democrats swept uh, the elections in Wisconsin, they wouldn't be able to get control of the legislature because the maps have been drawn in such a way that makes it impossible for uh, the other party to be able to capture uh, control, even if they get more votes. And all you have to do is look at what happened in the statewide 2018 elections when Democrats captured all of the statewide offices for governor, uh, attorney general, secretary of state, and, and, and treasurer, now, statewide offices are not subject to gerrymandering because it's all the votes in the state that are counted to determine who the winner is. Uh, but even though Democrats swept those, they didn't pick up a single seat in the Wisconsin legislature, even though 53% of the votes were cast for Democratic candidates for the legislature. That's the power of partisan gerrymandering. And it's wrong in Wisconsin when Republicans do it. It's equally wrong in Illinois, where Democrats have been doing it, and they've been doing it even longer than Republicans have been doing it in Wisconsin, as you mentioned at the outset of your your remarks, it's a it's a uh, uh, it's a it's all about holding on to power, and that's not a Republican or Democratic thing. That's just the the corrupting influence of political power and and maintaining it. The way the maps are drawn in Wisconsin now. Illinois has been is Illinois doing the same thing just south of us and 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 they've just been doing it for decades. Absolutely. Uh if you look at the maps that were just put forward by the uh Illinois General Assembly and the Illinois Senate, uh they are as ridiculous if not even more so than the uh than some of the shapes in the of the districts that you see in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, these curly cues that sort of wind around and uh, little slivers that go up highways and grab a neighborhood there. And, um, you know, it's, it's just remarkable. You can always tell when 
uh, a, a gerrymandered map just by the, by generally by looking at the shape. And the contrast, of course, would be the state of Iowa, where uh, where they don't have partisan, or at least they they haven't for the last forty years had partisan gerrymandering, and and there you have to do things like try to keep counties and cities together, uh, and try to draw maps that look like squares and rectangles. Those are good things, but when you see jagged lines and squiggly lines, uh, that's a bad thing. And in Illinois, uh, the Democrats who have been in power there for years, fifty years. Um, uninterrupted power, uh, except for two years in the in the nineties, uh, they've had one guy who's been the speaker of the Illinois General Assembly. It was the speaker from nineteen eighty two to twenty twenty one. That's almost forty years of uninterrupted rule by one person. That's just wrong. And none of the elections in Illinois for the for the legislature or for Congress are competitive. Just as uh, none of them are really in Wisconsin at either the state legislative or the congressional level anymore, except, of course, for the third congressional district where you live. That happens to be one of the very few um, even remotely competitive uh, seats still left in Wisconsin. Uh, but but that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, what's funny about that district, I bring it up all the time, is when I first started looking, kind of digging into this and, and getting to understand it better, I always thought that this district was rigged for Democrats, because Ron Kind has held it so long and it looks so goofy, I call it the bicep because it's pretty obvious that it just goes and grabs all the UW schools and people just, you know, in general, I think people think when when you grab a college town, that college town is going to be more lean left a little bit. And if, when it goes up and grabs UW Eau Claire, r- reaches way over the bicep, the hand of the bicep reaches way over to grab Stevens Point. point. And then reaches way down, and it's either Stout or Platteville. I can never remember which one's south of here. But uh, and then it reaches Stout, right way down yeah. and, and grabs UW Stout. And of course, uh, here we have UW Lacrosse, Viterbo. We have a whole bunch of colleges here. Um, yeah. But then I start to learn. I'm like, oh, this is the uh, most competitive, and maybe the only competitive uh, congressional district in the state. It's kind of goofy. Well, you know, you're not wrong because when it was drawn that way in 2011, it was designed to be safe for kind. Uh, and and it did exactly as you said. It grabbed those college towns. It, it it grabbed Portage County and Wood County, which had always been in the in the seventh congressional district, the, the district to the north. And the, the idea was they would make that district more safe for Ron Kind, and then make the seventh district uh, to the north of Lacrosse safer for the new congressman at that time, Sean Duffy. And of course, what happened was. Uh, the seventh is still very uh, pro-Republican because of the gerrymandering done there, but the third kind of shifted because of the way uh, the voters in Western Wisconsin shifted over the last ten years, and so many of those uh, Western counties and uh, and towns that may have voted for President Obama in 2012 then went for Trump in 2016, and then of course for Trump again in 2020, and then for Derek Van Orden. So. So that was one of the few cases where, even though there was partisan gerrymandering, there was there was sort of a shift just just because of the demographics. Yeah. But that often does that usually does not happen. That is, again, far and away the exception to the rule. Usually, when you have partisan gerrymandering, uh, the Republicans calculated this very well. Uh, there were so few seats that changed hands during the during the decade of the two, 2010s because of elections because they were all either safe 
Democratic seats packed into fewer districts or safe Republican seats spread out over more of the state. And listen, listen I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, Wisconsin, actually, if there were totally fair maps drawn, would skew a little bit more Republican than Democratic, simply because of the way people choose to live in Wisconsin. Uh, Democrats, as you know, tend to be more concentrated in southeastern Wisconsin and in south-central Wisconsin and Madison. Uh, and then, you know, cities like Eau Claire, La Crosse, and um, Green Bay. But, but Republicans, by and large, spread out over more of the state. And so that just means that there's going to be a natural advantage for Republicans because they actually occupy more of the real estate yeah. uh, of, the, of, the, of the state. I, w- I was going to say, if, uh, if Democrats were drawing the lines in a partisan fashion where they wanted to retain power, wherever they drew the lines... Uh, for congressional, so there's, I believe there's eight congressional districts. I think each each district would start on the north side of Wisconsin and end up grabbing just a little piece of Madison, maybe a little piece of La Crosse, or maybe a little piece of Eau Claire. So the maps would be like this big triangle, uh, touching the north end of Wisconsin and then reaching all the way down. So you'd have you'd have a district that's like eight hours long, essentially hundreds of miles from <laughs> north to south. Uh, and it would be very obvious, like, oh, look, yeah, they want to keep this district safe. And, I'm, of course, I'm joking a little bit because, um, you know, they would probably just give, like, the whole northern half of Wisconsin to, to Republicans. They'd have to, they'd have to sacrifice somewhere. Yeah, and you're exactly right. But, but if you're drawing a map that you are trying to get a, a preordained or desired outcome, uh, then what you do is you look at, past election results, and then you try to make sure that whatever map you're drawing is going to get a preordained result. And so in order for the Democrats to have a gerrymandered map uh, like the Republicans, as you mentioned, they would, it, would just, it would look so obviously skewed and ridiculous with these, as you mentioned, big arrows uh, you know, jotting hundreds of miles in some cases across the state to grab to grab areas to be, you know, to be combined with the bigger majority, uh, Democratic majorities in Milwaukee or Madison. So that's exactly right. And that's, by the way, that's the way Illinois looks. It's, it's, it, 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 they're shameless in Illinois. Yeah, even, I was going to say, the it looks, even the shape. Yeah, where we talk about like bunches, like if you want to just do the, the, the blanket thing, like Democrats live in big cities and Republicans live in the rural area, which isn't true at all because I live in a rural area. But uh, if if you you want to say that Illinois, like everyone lives in Chicago, does every district just go grab Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's remarkable what what. Well, if you look at a map of Illinois, uh, it is definitely the case where you will have uh, parts of Cook County, which is which is Chicago, and then it will jut out into uh, you know suburban areas, uh, DuPage County, which is heavily Republican, some other areas. But the Democrats draw it in such a way that they make sure that there's a, a majority in all of the legislative districts and congressional districts that they draw. And it, it, it looks ridiculous, and it's totally unfair. And that's exactly uh, – now, you can say, well, uh, if Democrats did that in Illinois, why isn't, isn't it okay for Republicans to do it in Wisconsin or Ohio or other states? Well, the answer to that is no, because it's not okay for voters – to be robbed of real choices at election time. What keeps politicians responsive and listening to their constituents, and by the way, uh, keeps them very, very uh, eager to make sure that they're behaving properly, is when 
they are fearful of the next election, and they want to make sure if you if you are in a safe district without any chance of being defeated in the next election, that's when you see all kinds of crazy crap happening, uh, corruption, all kinds of things, because people say, well, you know, I, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm in a safe district, and it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, the, the opposition people who live in my district don't don't like me. I can't be defeated. Yeah, and, we start we start seeing what the the state legislature tries to pass. Uh, I think today sand, we're going to hunt sandhill cranes. That that's the thing that we're going to do this week and last week. That uh, we got to get yeah. the sandhill crane hunting season started in Wisconsin. It's one of the most important issues in the world. Um, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we start to see some kind of crazy stuff go through the state legislature. Maybe critical race theory. Uh, uh, born alive bills stuff like that just to, to tout their district because there's there's not going to be anyone that rolls their eyes in their district to vote against them um we're speaking with jay heck common cause wisconsin czar he's the czar there and uh we're gonna get into <laughs> we're gonna get into uh, more of this when we come back i gotta take a break though scott's comment coming up brad doing the news again we'll be back in a minute all right welcome back to lacrosse talk p.m on the phone with me, Jay Heck, the executive director and czar of Common Cause Wisconsin. We're talking about the map-making process. What's funny, Jay, is, there, is it was almost a news dump right before you came on because both the People's Map Commission in Wisconsin uh, that, that Governor Tony Evers created to draw – would you say – if you say Governor Tony Evers created this thing, I think people automatically go, well, then it's going to lean – it's going to be a Democratic – map or a, a, not a democratic map per se as along parties but it's going to lean towards democrats because Go- governor tony evers created this can you just kind of explain what that that commission is a little bit well it could have been that but it wasn't uh the the people's maps commission was uh was called for by uh governor evers and because he knew that the republicans were going to engage in partisan gerrymandering as they did in 2011 they they, they announced as much so uh he formed uh he didn't form an organization but he called for the uh, formation of a uh, of a group of citizens none of which could be registered lobbyists or elected uh, representatives uh and there were republicans and democrats uh from each of the eight eight congressional districts that formed the commission, and they held public hearings for eight months across the state, and they took input from thousands of Wisconsinites uh, of all political persuasions, and they also uh, invited the public to submit maps of their local areas, uh, their cities, their towns, the state, uh, their congressional district. Uh, So they wanted maximum public input, and so they released their maps at the end of September, and then they just today, earlier this morning, released revised maps after they had received public comment on the maps they released at the end of September, and they made some revisions. And now, just as you and I are talking, we find that uh, uh, the Republicans in the legislature have now released their maps uh, for the legislature and for the congressional districts. Yeah, it's it's funny and, how that works, right? Like the People's Map Commission, the thing that Governor Evers <laughs> did, we're going to release our maps this morning, and then uh, Democrat or uh, Republicans are like, whoa, 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 they're going to get headlines. Let's release our maps so that we can, you know, get into this news cycle. So we can't even talk about one and then the other. we got to flood the news cycle with both things so that <laughs> nobody, you know, because, I don't know, whatever, it's a strategy. It, well, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't necessary for 
uh, the Republicans to do this when they did, but I th- and I think what you said is, is probably true. They do not want to have the People's Maps Commission in any way overshadow what they're what they're doing. But one of the problems I think that the Republicans are going to have is that they have already uh, signaled that they don't think the maps ought to be changed very much at all uh, from 2011 when they were the most gerrymandered uh, maps of any state in the country. Uh, and they and we know this because uh, two weeks ago they passed along party lines uh, two joint resolutions, one in the Assembly, one in the State Senate, saying let's keep the maps pretty much the same as they were in 2011 because we don't want to confuse the voters. Yeah, <laughs> and, why fix and of what's, course, what what's that means broken? is they want to lock in uh, partisan control of the legislature for the next 10 years, which they've had for the last 10 years. So uh, the battle's begun, and so what this is all going to ultimately end up with will be a, a public hearing, one public hearing, and then the Republicans will probably try to ram through their maps uh, in early November, and then uh, then the governor will likely veto the maps that the Republicans uh, have submitted, because I don't think the Republican maps are likely to get um, any Democratic votes. And so the governor will veto them, and then it ultimately will be decided in the courts, both the uh, state Supreme Court, probably the primary court, and then, but also uh, the, the federal court has also prepared to be able to engage in this as well. So, would would a Democrat um, that's in a safe district vote for these maps? Because he'd be like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting to keep my district." Well, it, it all depends on whether or not that uh, that legislator or that person thinks that we ought to have uh, fair maps, or if they're perfectly fine with having a map that was rigged uh, to. Continually reelect them, and you think in the and next so, month these uh, these legislators uh, do like everybody gets to vote on the map, right? Everybody in what the Senate and the Assembly votes on the map, so we will be able to see who votes for what. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. There will be a there will be a roll call vote on who votes uh, who vote, votes where, and uh, you know, again, I mean, I uh, I'm not I'm not going to predict absolutely that this is going to be the outcome, but um, but it seems fairly certain at this point that you'll have all of the Republican members of the legislature, um, maybe one or two uh, who might not, but but almost all of them would vote for the maps put forward by by Voss, yeah, we had Speaker of the Assembly. I want to say we had like three or four Republicans going, "Hey, yeah, we should we should change the process." But is that a different is that a different conversation well, than what they're going to vote for? It's a slightly different conversation. Those are those are legislators uh, who have indicated in, in in your part of the state. It was Travis Trannell in Cuba City and um, and uh, Todd Novak in Dodgeville. But those uh, those Republicans said we would support legislation that would change the redistricting process to one like Iowa has, which is a nonpartisan process. Mm-hmm. But that's a very different conversation than voting for the maps that have been put forward by your own party and your own leader. Yeah, kind of the easiest uh, thing to say, too. Hey, we support the legislation that's not going to get a hearing in the Senate or the Assembly. (laughs) That's exactly right. Right. Um, Exactly right. Now, now I wanted to bring up this text from from John. He says, why can't... So when... Okay, when when Republicans drew the maps in 2010, I, I remember... And I, w- I wasn't paying attention to politics then, but I remember reading about this, and you could tell me if I'm wrong. 
There were, if you wanted to go look at the maps, you had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. It was a media blackout. You couldn't talk to the media about the maps, and they were behind locked doors, the maps uh, in 2020 that that Republicans rigged. And then um, you also, you uh, behind locked doors, non-disclosure, you couldn't talk to the media. And Democrats couldn't even go into that room, right? Is that all... Is, am I blowing smoke there? Is that true? No, 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 no. This, this all happened in July of 2011. So okay. the Republicans won unrigged, ungerrymandered elections in 2010. We talked about that before. They were able to gain control of both houses of the legislature and elect a governor. And so then in 2011, they did exactly as you said. They drew maps entirely in secret. They chose the most partisan, most Republican maps they could conceivably draw, and they were, they were considered to be the most partisan maps drawn by any state legislature in the country in 2011. They only allowed each member of the legislature, nobody in the public, uh, no, nobody in the press, only Republican members were allowed to come in and look at only their own district, and they had to, had to sign a non-disclosure secrecy oath that they wouldn't disclose what the map looked like. And then, in the space of a week, they released the maps like the Republicans just did today, then rammed them through the legislature, passed them, and had them all in place uh, in, in a period of six days. So it was the most closed, secretive process uh, in the history of Wisconsin. And uh, it cost Wisconsin taxpayers about $4 million, not only to hire the lawyers to draw the secret maps, but then to uh, hire more lawyers to defend those maps against numerous lawsuits because of the way that they were drawn. So uh, a very costly process, and it it appears um, that despite the rhetoric and the press releases here that the Republicans have pretty much drawn the same kind of maps and submitted them today. Is there a... We'll know in the next day or two what they look like. Is, there's an optics thing here, because I think in 2011, the way we consume news is a little bit different than how we consume news now. If Republicans yep. did this today, because they don't have to go and do non-disclosure agreements and back backroom uh, lock doors, keep the Democrats out, and, and, and a media blackout on these maps, right? They can just use the maps that they have already. They don't have to. There's no optics here, because if they had all those things in 2021, we would all point to this and call BS, right? Like, this is BS, but it happened in 2011. They don't have to do that because they can just keep using those maps. Well, they've, they've indicated that they, they, they're going to not change very much uh, the shape of the maps. Now, they do have to change them somewhat because uh, one thing that has to be done is that every state legislative district and every congressional district has to be the same size population-wise. So in order to do that, you have to draw, redraw maps to make sure that you're drawing, you're, you're, you're making sure that you're equalizing the population in every legislative district. So all the 99 districts are going to be revised slightly by the Republicans, but they basically don't want to change them very much. In other words, they're probably still going to divide um, counties, uh, unlike they do in the state of Iowa. Uh, they're going to divide cities. You know, there's cities like Marshfield and Sheboygan and Beloit and DeForest and Dane County, the little tiny cities that have as many as three members of the assembly representing them because they've been divided up. You can't do that in Iowa, but yeah, they're going to be done, they're that, done here. That was a text I got from John. He said, why can't we do voting boundaries just determined? Why can't they just be determined by the county? 
Like we just yep. instead of instead of drawing lines through towns and counties, we just use the counties as lines. Is that is it really that big of a problem with population that we can't just divide up by county lines? There'd be some counties where you you still have to divide them up because of their size, and mm-hmm. obviously you know you're going to have to divide up lacrosse counties. Not you know there's not enough or there's too many people in lacrosse county to to be. Uh, contained in a single assembly district, you're going to have to sort of do that in a way that's uh, going to divide it to some degree. But you could do it in a so that you would have many fewer divided counties than we had in 2011. In 2011, uh, 48 of Wisconsin's 72 counties were divided. So you know it's like almost two thirds of the counties were divided, and many of them just purely for partisan purposes. Uh, so that the Republicans could get the kind of maps that they wanted. And as I said, what's even more disturbing is when you're, when you're totally dividing small communities like the city of Marshfield uh, amongst as many as three assembly districts, you're not keeping that community of interest together. And, you're not, and so the people that live in those places, they don't really have anybody they can count on because they're such a small part of of, of assembly districts that they don't they don't really matter much, and so their interests are not are not being looked out for. So that's the problem with with gerrymandering in Iowa. That cannot be done. The Legislative Service Bureau has very strict nonpartisan criteria that they have to abide by, and then in Iowa, the Wisconsin, uh, the Iowa legislature can only vote up or down on the maps that are put forward the nonpartisan maps that are put forward by the agency. They cannot amend them. They can't have partisan maps. Although, as we, um, as you may have said at the well, beginning... Well, no, I didn't say this. I wanted to get into this because we talk about okay. Iowa. we got to do the Iowa model. It's all the perfect yeah. in Iowa. Well, Iowa's Republican, pretty, leans pretty Republican, and and it looks like they've got a provision in there that can just blow up their whole super supermodel that everyone tells is the greatest thing ever. Um, Wisconsin should take the Iowa model. Well, now it looks like Republicans are just blowing that up. You know, can you explain that a little bit? Sure. When uh, so Iowa uh, put their system in place in 1980, and by the way, a Republican governor and a Republican legislature instituted the nonpartisan Iowa model, and they did it because they wanted to save taxpayers in Iowa money. They didn't want to see the district lines always going to court. And the state of Iowa would have to hire lawyers to defend districts, and that was taxpayer money. And this is back when the Republican Party used to care about taxpayer dollars and how they were spent. So they put this nonpartisan system in place into Iowa, and it's worked well for 40 years. But now what we're just finding out in Iowa is that the Republicans that control the legislature may decide to blow through the uh, nonpartisan maps that were drawn by their Legislative Service Bureau. And in Iowa, there is a, a provision that said after, t- after two times with the nonpartisan maps that have been put forward, if they're rejected by the legislature, then the legislature can do what they want. Right. Words, they can draw partisan maps. That's <laughs> right. so now, stupid. Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin wants to simulate this Iowa model, but we've, we've taken that part of the, the deal out of Wisconsin's provision, right? <laughs> We did, because we knew exactly what Republican uh, leaders, or Democratic leaders for that matter, if they were in charge, would do. And they would simply wait out the first two votes on the nonpartisan maps yeah. and vote them down and then say, all right, now it's our turn to do of what course. we want. It's kind of silly. Apparently that's what they're going to do in Iowa. But in Wisconsin, 
in the reform legislation that is before the uh, before the Wisconsin legislature, uh, that is not easily done. You have to get three quarters of the votes in both chambers of the legislature to pass the partisan maps that are put forward after the nonpartisan maps have, have been defeated by, a, All right, by Jay, a simple majority. Jay, I got one. I got two good texts. I only got like a minute and a half here. I, I just want sure. to get these texts out. Um, one go. One says, if the Democrats had all three branches of the government, would they do the, what the Republicans are doing right now, or did in 2010? Well, in 2010, as I say, we didn't have partisan maps, and so they. Uh, but the but the Democrats didn't didn't do anything uh, to to make the maps even less partisan than they were. Uh, but my guess is that now you would see. I think so many Democrats are are on the record saying that they support nonpartisan redistricting reform. They would have to. Certainly, Governor Evers and uh, Democrats have have been running on this for for many many years. So I think we would have a different system, uh, and I think we we would have some Republicans who would join them if that were the case. Yep. And then, uh, because yeah. I think a lot of Republican voters are sick of this too. And then the other, we should put a we should put it to the people and have referendums. We have referendums, right? We've done this. Yeah, we do. We have them all over. We have them in counties all over the state, including La Crosse County. The problem is in Wisconsin referendums aren't binding. You cannot bypass the legislature like you can in some states. Michigan, you can, in Ohio, you can bypass the legislature and make law. Wisconsin, only the legislature can, can make law or draw maps. All right. We would have to change the Wisconsin Constitution. All right. Jay Heck, Executive Director and Czar of Common Cause Wisconsin. Thanks a lot for joining <laughs> us, Jay. Thanks, Rick. Always a pleasure. All right. I've got to take one more quick break. We'll wrap up. All right, just going to wrap up here. appreciate Jay Heck coming on and a couple of people that text that. Great questions, too. I, I was trying to answer those texts as well. Um, the one about whether Democrats would have would have uh, fixed this if they held all three branches of government, and they did in 2010, right before Obama, uh, you know, the well, before the Obama was elected in 2008. All right, that's all the time I have. Thanks for listening.